We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Okay, ready? Think what you know, and it's about a time when you get yourself in a I want to it's her ratio. Okay, though. It's her ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> How long were you away for? Uh, six and a half years. Wow. So you really grew up. Yes. Did yeah. you go from juvenile facility nah, to adulthood? straight to city jail. Was an old juvie. Always that. adult. Well, yeah. At 14? Yeah, because we had real serious charges. My um, charge was uh, nothing proud of it. I'm not proud of it, but it was first degree murder. So, you know... I had to start right there with the big girls. Straight grew you up. Lucky that you did six yeah. on murder. Yeah, most definitely. Because it could have been. Grace of God, man. Yeah. Because he ain't no, he, he knew I ain't no, I was just a young dummy running around going crazy. Because I didn't give a fuck about life because I was adopted. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my mother and father ain't come back and come get me. Man, fuck that shit. And then I was cross-eyed. You know what I mean? And then people who sit there and tease you and all that. That's like, that's so much pain for a child to endure. Like that pain, that mental health pain. It's either mentally going to fuck your brain up or it's going to, I mean, like emotionally. I mean, which one? It could be both. And it's hard. That's hard. That's painful. Felicia Snoop Pearson got famous doing The Wire. She's basically doing herself. She had been hustling in Baltimore when Michael K. Williams saw her in a club and was like, yo, we should put her on the show. She's become a great actress. She's in Swagger right now. She's doing more shows, more books, lots of things coming up. She's helping out Michael K. Williams, the late Michael K. Williams right now, doing voiceover for his show on Vice, The Black Market. But I wanted to talk to her about her whole life and everything, not just the black market, but prison, coming up, hustling, acting, being gay, everything. So we get into a little bit of everything from her amazing life, her relationship with God, everything. It's Felicia Snoop Pearson on Touré Show. 
Snoop, who are you? <laughs> I'm a loving person, man. I'm, I'm God's child. <laughs> what you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've known you for a while in terms of right. knowing you as a star. And I have a sense of you and I also of who you are. And I also have a sense of like, there's probably a lot of mystery that I don't know that the average person doesn't know about you. Right. You got to find out that mystery. You know what I mean? That's why it's called a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, you're, it's interesting because, you know, you're, you're, you're from the hood yeah. and you've risen to something entirely different in your life. And yet you're still totally connected to those people and that person you were. Uh, I try to stay grounded, humble, because, you know, you can have a trillion dollars now and forget where you come from and it gets snatched and you got to go back where you come from, you know? But at the same time, as I know where I come from, I also know where I'm going or where I want to go, you know? So, you know, you got to balance it out. Where do you want to go? I want to be a billionaire. (laughs) I know I can't spend all of it, but, you know, when they say Felicia Snoop person, yeah, billionaire, yeah. You know? How do you get there? Um, what I'm doing now, I guess, um, writing my own life story. You know, Ed Burns and um, what's that? Um, um, Philip Michaels. They um helping me shop my own life story around. You know, for a, a movie series. or a book? No, a series. For a TV series. Yeah, TV TV series. Mm-hmm. So okay, all right. So okay, whatever. So in the Snoop, you prefer Snoop or Felicia? It don't matter. So in the Snoop life story, w- is there a key element like like you know like like when Spider Man gets bit by the spider, that's when he becomes. But right when Batman's parents get killed, that's when he starts to become. Yeah. Bat- like, is there like a key moment that's like starts you on the journey to who you have become? Yeah. Um, what uh, everybody know that I met Michael K. Williams. Um, I love you, brother. Um, they great. Yeah, uh, at a nightclub. So, you know. In Baltimore, of yeah, course. Yeah, in Baltimore, Maryland. And, you know, he brought me on set, asked me to come on set. Of The Wire? Of The Wire. Which you were not watching. <laughs> nah, I wasn't. I, I've never seen The Wire before. Were you I into television? Oh, uh, I was a hustler. Man. Like, that was Sunday nights when everybody go in, I'm, I'm outside. You know what I mean? Getting whatever money I can. No. So I'm not really watching television yeah, like that. Nah, I'm, nah. I'm working. Yeah, yeah. How that old were you at this ten. point? Damn, how old I was? Uh, I don't know, because I don't want to say my age. Okay, okay. People start counting. No, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I look you good You look for my young age. as hell. I'm trying, man. If you said you were 19 right now, I believe it. <laughs> I'm 25. I'm okay, sorry. okay, okay. <laughs> so, so you met... Michael and did he it, what did he say uh nah he was just looking at me crazy we was in club one and uh in Baltimore he was just looking at me crazy and looks can be deceiving you know he got the scar on his face I thought I did something to him because he was all I mean drinking saw stuff you know probably looking at me crazy he was looking at me crazy and he come over there and was like what's your name and I'm like why I mean, but my homeboy already told me, like, nah, he ain't nobody. He's an actor. He play on the wire. That's Omar. And I'm like, man, I don't watch that shit. Oh, excuse me. I don't watch that. You can curse. Yeah, oh, all right. <laughs> he 
Yeah, I was like, I don't watch that. So he, um, we exchanged numbers, and I came on set. He called me. He was like, um, do you know um, where uh, Landville and Moffitt? And I was like, yeah, that's right up the street from my house. At the time, I was living with my grandmother because me and my lady friend had some altercation or whatever. So I just went back to my house. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I came, got myself together, went up there and... You know, sitting there talking and stuff, and Ed Burns and David Simon and Nina, and I think George probably was walking past or something. I don't know. But they asked me to say a couple words, and, you know, they just loved the tone, the, you know I mean, the realness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm straight from Baltimore. What more, what more do you want? Is this a Baltimore accent? I mean, everybody said, but I don't, I, I can't hear it. I mean, I know, me. I know some other people, a few other people from Baltimore. They don't talk like you. Yeah, is this is is this the way a lot of people in Baltimore? Yeah, the talk, way we should or? probably say uh, the ones from the urban communities or whatever. But you know, the way we probably say to do, um, Doug. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be dog. So sure. things like that. I mean, the you know, way you yeah, talk just, is so beautiful. <laughs> and the way the pronunciation you come up with. It used to be crazy until Mike, he, um, um, down here in Manhattan. I came to um speech classes. You know what I mean? And I really? cleaned it up, man. My shit I don't was, want you cleaned up at all vocally. Nah, like my shit was crazy. Even some of the people, like, excuse me, like, like the white people... They put the caption on the TV screen because they didn't know what the hell I was saying. So when you look back at the wire, or if you did, mm-hmm. are you like, I talk totally different or a lot different than yeah, the way I she? Yeah, I talk. Well, they had. Well, my pronunciations is cl- more clear. I mean, some some words, most of the words, but you could catch me on a sauced up day. I probably. Be- <laughs> Talking so, about shit. So, so wait, what did they, t- how did they explain the wire to you? What did they tell you it was? Uh, no, nah, I already knew that they was around shooting and stuff like that because we're around the city. I'm you hustling. knew what it was. You just didn't yeah, watch it. Yeah, because they blocking off streets and all that. They probably blocking off my hole. That mean, nah, what the fuck is y'all doing? <laughs> when they're blocking off your shit, yeah, are you so like, I gotta this take is- my business, my shot around the corner because they got this shit blocked off like, nah. You're like, this is some bullshit. I'm trying yeah, to work. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to do a stupid TV show about my work. Right. I right. should be in the shit. What the fuck? Right. But a hustler would be like, I don't want to be in the shit. Yeah. I don't want to be famous. Yeah. So was there any thought about that? No, I didn't even think about it. You know? I didn't even think about it. I was like, let's go. But once you started doing it, you weren't really able to be out in the block anymore. Yeah, no, 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 no. My checks was good on a while. (laughs) I ate. You hear me? Yeah. Was it, so was it? You made I got more, nervous. You made bro, more on fucking, the wire than you did on the block. Uh, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I ain't. I mean, I was getting a couple dollars. You know I mean, but I'm talking about legally. Yeah, and you. I mean, I felt nervous. Like, you sure this mine? Like, you fifty thousand? You tripping? Thirty? What? <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> and you like were, legal money? Were, and you were you playing yourself, or is it a version of yourself? Uh, I think that's. I mean, um, they they originally didn't have a role for me. So and I and probably the role probably was for a guy or something, but. You know, it wasn't for no girl or nothing like that. And they just wrote me in. Every little part, like my first words was on there. It was about time. You know, it was my first words. Me and Marlo at the Pigeon Coop. 
like, it's your turn now, girl. I'll never forget that. <laughs> it's about time. And I was like, that's all I got to say? <laughs> and once the writers and producers seen that I could read and write and then deliver, it was like, wow. Yeah, then Mike was like, you just don't understand, like, um, season four. You know, and I still, it still didn't register in my head. Like, he kept saying, you ain't nervous. And I was like, nah, why should I be? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care nothing about, you know, you the screen opener. You the opener. You the opener. I'm Yo, like, let's talk about that scene. Because the nail gun scene that opened season four yeah. is one of the great scenes in the history of The Wire and the history of television. And it's this great moment of... You know, she seems like just a normal shopper. Right. And then the scene kind of starts to open up a little bit more like, yeah, when you put something through somebody's this <laughs> and, and their bones and the guy's like, what the fuck uh, is she talking about? And then you just give him the money <laughs> and he like, what the, and you know what's crazy too is the, what the character does because it's not clear how intelligent she is. Right. And when she gets back in the car and explains exactly everything that he said, right. like, yo, she was fully Yeah, and nothing. she just said it straight like that. Everything he said, she just broke it straight down. Uh, and fully man, understood. Man, it's the Cadillac guns, but he don't know what he's talking about. He meant Lexus, but he said Cadillac. <laughs> right. <laughs> he ain't know. <laughs> but talk about doing that scene. Like, what was what was that? What, what were you trying to do? What was it uh, like? You called me the first uh, part with the guy. Uh, you called me... Uh, uh, I'm gonna say uh, seven take shorty because <laughs> and I was I didn't really have uh, I, like professional skills except for season three, but you know jumping in and going full throttle with it. Yeah, you called me seven take shorty, and they were surprised. They was like, "Oh my god," because that's a big scene, and it didn't take that long. And that right there showed me that you know my work ethic. Me as a person, period, was just amazing. Like, I could do this. I was motivating myself, like, and then I was loving it. That's when I think I probably felt in love with it for real. Felt the love for acting. Yeah. 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 Um, it's different when you are acting and playing yourself or somebody who's close to yourself versus, like, leaving yourself entirely. Yeah. Right? This um, Spike Lee joint I did, man, playing a prostitute. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spike was like, come on, Felicia, come on. I was like, oh, man, come on, Spike. I just want you. It's going to be funny and at the same time serious. I'm like, man. The, one of the things that was dope about The Wire was the portrayal of uh, LGBTQ folks was very real, normalized, you know what I mean? Like part of the world, like, like, you know, between Michael and other, like, like, like that was, that, that was very cool. And it was very, I think it surprised a lot of people and it made them rethink their own feelings. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of people told me, well, let me know, like, you know, once they see me on um, screen, cause no disrespect to, you know, my LGBTQ plus community, uh, all you seen on TV was, you know, um, except for Queen Latifah, but Ellen. all you see is, uh, yeah, no, like, um, 
the gay guys. Yeah, you yeah. Know, in the fashion and all this and like all two straight girls. I mean, well, feminine girls. You know what I mean? Right. You want to be in a relationship. Right. You never seen no person like me aggressive. Ah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like on the screen like that. And people said it, like, you know what I mean? Then it, it was me for real. They was like, yeah, we love it. They get, I gave them motivation to come out the closet. To, you know what I mean? Just be their self. Because I don't, I don't, I don't put myself in a category. You know what I mean? I just, I just love, I can say that. Sure. Oh, I, I love pussy. You know what sure. I mean? I was, uh, I came out my mother pussy. I probably, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, was done. Ah. I just stuck there. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? I don't know, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just like for forever. Like I just felt, you know, comfortable in my own skin. Even when I was like ten years old, eleven years old, from my neighborhood. Oh, you gonna be a bull dagger? And I was like, what the fuck is a bull dagger? And he's like, no, nah, it's just somebody gay. And then when I seen um. Uh, 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 a lady, her name is uh, 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 Lorette Gant, and she was like me, but an older, you know what I mean, an older um, lady. And I was like, damn. And she was fly, though, and from my neighborhood. And that's the only person I seen. I was like, damn. And then when I got locked up, I seen I had to let her know, like, man, you was my motivation. You know what I'm saying? Just to be myself. I didn't know that. I, I mean, I knew I loved women and like women because of my little relationship with my um little fling, I say like that, my crush, that when I was like, what, eight, I talk about that in my book, Grace After Midnight. So, you know, um, I never, I never was ashamed. I never was. No reason know, to be ashamed. Yeah. But, did but the, you know, back in the, in the 90s. It was hard. It, it was hard. It was, it was hard. It was hard, it was especially hard. for gay guys. Absolutely. So I seen what they was doing to them. Like, it was like, uh, but, you know, me growing up from the urban community, yeah, then getting into the streets, I wish you would say something smart to me. They got to bust your head. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, you know if, if you live in the hood, there's always somebody who's gay. Yeah. And it's like, that's just Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe we beat up on him. Yeah, but, we could talk about Jimmy, yeah, but you outside you can. of it, yeah, you but better like, not maybe, say nothing about him. Maybe we beat him up earlier, yeah. like when we were 12 or whatever, whatever. And that's but why now the gay like, guys was the fighting motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but you knew yeah. from like six, five years old. That, yeah. That was, yeah, I just knew that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, little boys or whatever, we play uh, Hot Butter Bang or, you know what I mean, Red Light Special or whatever. You know what I mean? You go around the corner, rub pants, making them fire. I don't like that. I'm chasing the girls around the corner, you know? <laughs> so, you know. Did you have to come out to your mom or was she like, of course I know? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm adopted. So, you know, I really don't know my, um. well, I don't know at all my um biological mother. Right. So uh, my foster mother, she said it. Like, she didn't care. You know, she didn't care. She just loved me, just loved me for me. And, yeah, she was just the only thing, especially when I went to prison. It really came out because I went to prison when I was 14 and a half. And when um, I went to prison, she already knew. How long were you away for? Uh, six and a half years. Wow. So you really grew up. Yes. 
Did yeah. you go from juvenile facility to nah, adult? Nah, straight to city jail. Was an old jury. Always adult. Well, yeah. At fourteen. Yeah, they only had like a segregated from. Uh, it was like me, pool. Um, yeah, like four of us to start off. It was like two of us to start off, then three, four, because we had real serious charges. And like the, our juvenile um, facility is, uh, it was called Waxters at the time. That's like if you have, like, you stealing cars, petty theft, things like that. But, you know, my, uh, my um, charge was uh, nothing proud of it. I'm not proud of it, but it was first degree murder. So, you know, I had to start right there with the big girls, straight grow you up. Lucky that you did six yeah. on murder. Yeah, most definitely. Because it could have been. Grace of God, man. Yeah. Because he ain't no, he, he knew I ain't no, I was just a young dummy running around going crazy. Because I didn't give a, excuse my language, I didn't give a fuck about life because I was adopted. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my mother and father ain't come back and come get me. Man, fuck that shit. And then I was cross-sided. You know what I mean? And then people sit there and tease you and all that. That's like, that's so much pain for a child to endure. Like that pain, that mental health pain. You know what I mean? So, you know. And sometimes... Young gay people feel self-loathing because it the- ain't, ain't got nothing to do with gay. It's just mental health. Period. You feel what I'm saying? Like it don't have nothing to do with your sexuality. It's how people treat you. you know what I mean, it's what you endure. What type of pain you endure? It's either mental, mental, um, mentally. You know I mean, gonna fuck your brain up, or it's gonna, you know I mean, like emotionally. You know I mean, which one? It could be both, and it's hard. That's hard. That's painful. From 14 to 20, I was in high school and college, and I can talk very specifically about this is what I learned and developed and how that shaped me. Can you think about how being in prison at that time shaped the person you become? Um, it made me strong. It made me uh, don't trust a lot of people. Um, what? Um, it just made me strong. It just made me just grow up fast. Because you in there with a lot of adults. Them adults done been through whatever they been through or going through what they going through. My life just started. I ain't supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in high school somewhere getting an education. Instead, I got to go here and go over to a trailer and, and, and just get whatever education that they feel like giving to me. You know what I'm saying? So... It was, it was, yeah. And we went to school with the guys and stuff like that. But, you know, it was just a a, a playground, <laughs> per se. You feel what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. my education started for real, for real, when I went to Jessup, Maryland, because they didn't play. You had to... Uh, you had to go through the uh, the school system or whatever, take a test, see what type of... Um, Great, um, what type of level that you um, that you on, or whatever, and you know they place you wherever, and they yeah. If you're a juvenile, I had to go to school every day. City jail. Uh, if I say I'm sick, I ain't going out. You know what I mean? Because the commissioner love me, <laughs> the CEOs love me. So hey, I don't yeah, feel yeah. like it. You know what I mean? I was the only one in there. Me and Paul was the only ones in there with, uh, what was that, Super Nintendos, TVs. Yeah, DVD players. Like, we was the only juveniles. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, CEOs cooking us something to eat, bringing the dinner. I mean, <laughs> it was that type of that type of thing. But you know, that's back then. Now it's totally different. Rougher now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you, you talk about trust. Yeah. And like, yeah, you can't trust anybody in there. Nah. They're all trying to trick you. And yeah, they try to die. They try to get. They try to get a little bit, man. Like, come boy, y'all Chester's. You thirty years old, but you trying to give me something. I mean, I'm 15, 16. You's a Chester. Like, stop. What is that? <laughs> a child molester. You just oh, oh, cut oh, it for Chester. Chester. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, but we locked up. So they don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? They don't care. But not even just Chester's. Like, everybody in prison is trying to trick and screw yeah, over yeah, everybody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody trying to finesse or scam, whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids, and everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real, so I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. So you meet Michael... 
And it changes your life because yeah. that puts you on the show. Yeah. And we started talking about Michael the other day, but I want to talk about him again because he was an amazing person. Yes. Who was Michael K. Williams? My brother wore a lot of hats. You know, he was a loving man, a caring man, a talented man, um, what, an activist. I mean, he just wore a lot of hats. He, I mean, his smile light up a room. Hell yeah. Um, well, it's just, you know I mean, he just the way he was the flyest thing ever. You know I mean, I keep saying that because, man, him always have, have a, um, a little joke or whatever. I mean, he had something more. I'd be like, look at you. He'd start smiling to him. They <laughs> see all his teeth. Yeah, um, he was just everything. My rock, my glue. I mean, like from the first days, uh, we just clicked. And we was... You couldn't separate us. The know? word you used was generous. Yes. And not just money and things, but his time. Spirit. Yeah, his wisdom. time, his words. You know? Like that's a lot. With these times, it's a lot. It's a lot. You think about can you think about some of the wisdom, some of the advice that he gave you? Yeah. Well, when when he wanted me to uh Put the uh, <clears throat> the girl clothes on. He was like, "Yeah, you you good at whatever you doing, but you know you got broaden broaden your acting skills. You want you don't want to be typecast. You want to be versatile. So, you know." Was that hard for you? Uh, no, it wasn't hard, but you know what I mean. It was uncomfortable. I don't like it because I don't, I don't I don't wear high heels and all that type of stuff. But I'm an actress. I gotta go do that. You know what I mean? So, you know. So you did it. Yeah. But he pushed you to do yeah, it. Yeah, he pushed me. He pushed <laughs> me. And that was him encouraging me. That was him encouraging me. Him and Dream had them. That, that was him encouraging me. Like, come on. Let's go. Like, I don't want you just playing these um these gangster roles. You can do that all day. That's that's you. Whatever. Nah, I want you to do something else. You know? He always try to you know, uh, like um, Queen Latifah, here, yeah, um, say, uh, you know what I mean? Use her as an example, like from Set It Off and things like that. Like, look, she went from here to here. Look, she did it. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your aspiration as an actor? Do you want to show that level of range yes. or you want to just like? I did it. I did it. Yeah. I mean, it was uncomfortable, but it's my job, you know? I would love to do some more, you know, whatever. Just I want to, like, Stephen, um, what's that, Stephen King say I was the um, most terrified villain on, on on TV, you know? I don't think that's Stephen, but <laughs> <laughs> I done say some scary things out here. But, you know, um, I want to, Stephen King called me for a scary movie. You know, <laughs> I want to I want to do that. I want to do horror. I want to do a lot of things. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing off limits. I mean, when I see you on screen, I feel like, you know, there's an old friend. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like I love her, you know, like like, you know, the charisma kind of leaps out like you're on swagger. Yeah. which I've been watching. <laughs> and, you know, from the first time I saw you, it's like, 
It's my old friend. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah. Like, yay. Like, the career is still. I'm proud of you, too, man. I'm so proud of you. Are you you're sweet, but I mean, I, I'm telling you, you have a charisma. And that 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 attracts us as an audience to you, right. and makes us want to root for you. And like, yay, she's doing it. And like, it's exciting. It's, every time you pop up, it's like, yes, thank you, thank you. Because you know my struggle. I mean, <laughs> I'm ready to get rich off my pain, man. And I had to realize in this game, you know, you have to yeah broaden your audience. Um, I'm a writer, author. But I'm a script writer now, um, actor, actress, um, you know, producer, EP, whatever. I, I, man, I'm I'm here. You said to get rich off your pain. Yeah. Are you still in a lot of pain? Yes. I think I do need to talk to somebody because you know how black people is. I just get on my knees and pray to God, you know, and that's how I was brought up, you know, so... I have a lot of content. That's why I say rich off my pain, because I have a lot of content. You see what 50 doing? It's a lot of content. I have a lot of content. When you talk about the, the pain, is it from the things that you experience yes. in terms of hustling or in yes. terms of being in prison? All of it. From but which is I, which is more traumatic? Uh shit. What's more traumatic? My whole life traumatic. I can't even put just one. Like every time I go through something, it's just dramatic. <laughs> For real. Like I just can't put one. I mean, put one finger on it. You know. Like the reason why I say rich off of pain is because if I haven't been through it, my homeboy's been through it. So you know, I, I write their story. You know what I mean? Like. Well, I write my story, things that I've been through, but you probably don't know that I've been through it, but, you know, yeah. Is there a story you could tell me about something you went through that you're like, you wouldn't believe this? I'm, I, you only believe it because I'm telling you it's true, but you wouldn't believe it if I didn't swear to you this is true. This happened. <laughs> What from where? Like where you are? From like, your life. Well, I mean, like what? We like talked about the part? hood. We talked about the, the prison. I want to. I want to hear about the street and the, the hustling hood? life and the. I um, I was uh fucking um one of my homeboys' baby mothers, and I didn't know it was his baby mother. This man come kick the door down. You know what I'm saying? So I, be in the hoods back in the day, bring out the. Things. Yeah, because I'm in there, bosses on, like, what? Like, and I'm on a, and she got a thin-ass door. He big as shit, kick the door out. He coming in, man, you fucking my peoples. That's like my little sister. Man, you could have told me you fucking snoop. And I'm looking at him with the gun in my hand like this, because if you would have did anything, I would have blew you right there. But, you know, <laughs> something like <laughs> I can't get too deep, but you know what right. I mean? that's that's one story I could I could share with you. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was funny as shit. She was scared as shit. She was crying. She was crying hysterically, like because she seen me with my gun in my hand, and she already knew what type of dude he was. So you know, he ain't have it out, but he had it with him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had it out. I'm too little. You know what I mean? I'm too, I'm too I, little. Yeah, I can't. I can't. 
<laughs> I can't. I'd rather go sit up. <laughs> but you can scrap. Yeah. I ain't say I could beat the world, but I mean, I've been fighting all my life. If we could get that girl and show her, yo, you become a star. Yeah. Would she believe it? Would she recognize the old you? Me? Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. Would she be like, what I the fuck? I was already starting a hood, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> nah, for real, though, because my, my hood love me. You know what I'm saying? Like, before I even got on TV, I always gave back because I was a hustler. So, you know, if I'm from the old school, if uh, Auntie up the street, uh, gas and electric is ready to go out, we're going to pay for it. You know, if they don't have no food in there, we're going to get them something. Oh, you got extra food stamps? Let me get that card out. Here, take this 50 out. Let me get this 100 off here. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. Like, I'm from the old school. You know what I mean? But, you know, but, um, like, I ain't going to say I'm a megastar, but, you know, just I'm all over the world, and you could just, you know what I mean, look me up or whatever. And just on your TV screen, period. I wouldn't believe it. Because the first time I was on TV was on um, Merlin Most Wanted when I was 14. Yeah, say I was on the run, and he was looking for me. So that was Did my- you see that while you yeah, were on the run? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then my uncle, God bless the dead, I bought his house. Eating Murray Steakhouse chicken strips. They the best chicken strips, by the way. But <laughs> eat Murray Steakhouse chicken strips. And he say, come in, come in, come in. And I come in there, look at you. Oh, my God, man. If we had DVR or something right there, there I probably would have recorded. <laughs> but, yeah. But that's got to be scary as hell. Yeah, it was scary because I was like, oh, shit, it's serious. It's serious. And, yeah. And my foster mother, she didn't, um, you know, she's older. So she she never left my side. Never left my side. Everybody. I knew she won shit. She's a murderer and this, that, you know, she's adopted. That's not your child. Like, why would you give up on a child? I mean, people make mistakes, you know? Like, try to help me out, you know? See if I'm a change, you know? Just don't give up on me. Don't give up on your child. I mean, I don't care if it's your birth child or your adopted child. Don't give up on them. I mean, they, they learning. I, I, I was young, reckless. I thought this is how it's supposed to be. You know, but, you know, you live and you learn. Do you see yourself having a child? Man, that's why I was on Love and Hip Hop. Mona knew I was trying to get this girl to have a baby for me, and, you know, that doesn't pan out, right? I mean, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not doing nothing like that, bro. I'm not doing nothing like that, T. Yeah, we can't do that. I could put my eggs up. You could be my, um, what's you called? Surrogate. Yeah, you could be my surrogate. That's about it. But me pregnant and all that. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. 
Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash thrivemarket.com slash On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no, I can't. I, I'm true. I'm true to myself, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is what I'm saying. Did you know who you are? Yeah. You know, and yeah. I imagine there was probably a time when you had a lot of questions about yourself, and you had to do some thinking and some living. And now you know who you are, yeah. and like that. That's great. That's not for me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, sir. Part of why you're here is because of the black market. Yes. Michael K. Williams' great show on Vice where he goes into crazy situation, the world of cybercrime, the world of online uh, criminals, the world of uh, boosting and fencing and stealing from stores and selling the stuff. And, and he talks to, you know, like everybody in the world, yeah. in that world, yeah. and explains to you, the viewer, what's going on. You came on after he passed because they did all the photography, yeah. but they didn't do the voiceovers for yeah. three of the episodes. So what? you came on and helped out voicing over after he had. So it just yeah, helped me your brother. Yeah, for one of the episodes was that body um, modification. I'm saying that everybody. Yeah, uh, but it's a pretty incredible show. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that was his baby. Yeah, that was his baby. He was he was very serious. About anything he did, uh, he was very serious about it. You know, and uh, I was just on it for them to even just think about me, just trying to not fulfill his shoes because I could never do that. But you know, just to help my brother out. I mean, his last post with me on it was. Uh, and my brother's keeper. That's a man, his little joke, you know. <laughs> and yeah, yes, I am, brother. I love you. That's why I'm here with you today. Do you have any sense of how he brought Omar to life in the way that he did with so much power? Power. How, how do you? I mean, as an actor, did you see any of the? The process, or did you talk to him about it to understand, like, how he yeah, did that? I, yeah, I, I shared that another time. But, you know, uh, bro, he, man, bro is talented. He was talented, man. I ain't going to lie. I, I ain't seen nothing like it. I, I probably would never seen nothing like it. He would be just like I just said where I met him at Club One. That's on a Sunday. Monday, he got to work. Nine o'clock in the morning. Clubs in Baltimore let out 145, 2 o'clock. And you know what I mean? You probably get in the house 3 o'clock because you probably want to stop, get something to eat. You know how it go. And he's on set bright and early. Talented. Because I would have been there like, oh, hangover. Like, what? Remember what? 
Yeah, like But nah. in a show full of people being authentic. Yeah. He shined. Yeah, and cause he 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 like in Baltimore, Michael walk around that motherfucker like he was born and raised. Yeah. And people would treat him like that. You know what I mean? And he tapped into our culture down there that made his character authentic. Because you know he's from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? He's from the hood. So, I mean, you could be from the hood or wherever, but to go to somebody else's city and state to, and then tap into their culture is just crazy. But he, he was on this show a long, long time ago, and we talked about that was part of his issue, right? Like that he was able to just flow in Baltimore like mm-hmm. one of them, mm-hmm. like one of the locals, and that's part of what pulled him into the trouble. He he fell off the wagon yeah, while yeah. he was doing the show. Because the yeah, man, Baltimore, you gotta be a strong minded, strong headed person, man. Like yeah, my city, I love him to death, but you know, it'll suck you under, you know, if you let it. And that's any city or state, but mine is like we so small, we not like New York. You know what I mean? Compared to New York, we a hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like to compared to y'all up here. And you know, um Yeah, man, brother. Yeah. Yeah. It, wait, 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 wait to wait till I'm emotionally ready to the uh, you know, I know he wouldn't care, but you know, because he he talked about his his struggles, his demons, himself. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. wasn't afraid uh, to let you know. And that's why a lot of people got encouraged from him. That's why a lot of people loved him and trust him. Because even though he's on TV, you felt you felt the genuineness. Like you felt like, oh my God, he's he's fuck him being on TV. He's one of me. He's one of us. Yeah. You know? So, you know, um, He'd let you know. <laughs> he would have let you know, man. Uh-uh. That's not that. Put that shit down. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that. I already have been through that. You know what I mean? He'd let you know, you know? Now, you talked about he wore his demons on his sleeve. Yeah, because he wasn't afraid to let you know. He wasn't afraid to let you know. That's what, that's what made him an amazing man. Because he was... He was comfortable with his lifestyle that he was living, you know? And that's all I got from my brother. Do you have your shit in control in terms of, of, of addiction and whatever? Um, only thing I'm addicted to is uh, loving God and, um, and marijuana. <laughs> I love smoking weed. <laughs> I drank here and there. You'll think I'm off a whole bottle of Henny. I just had about three shots, and I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? Because my weed enhances it, so I be all right. You probably think I'm on a pill or something. I'm not, <laughs> you know, because I'm already fucked up in the head, so I need all my marbles. I'm, I can tell you that. You know what I'm saying? I don't need nothing else to fuck nothing up. Do you go to a therapist? Nah, that's why I say I need to I need to talk to Why somebody. don't you? I don't, I ain't been having the time. I'm still talking to my God. He's a, he's an awesome God. He's powerful. You know? And but that's what I ask him for. And now I ain't gotta ask him. He's gonna give it to me because he know I need it. Not want. I need. 
So he's taking care of you. Yeah. And you're in that relationship is on your knees yes. at home. Yes. You don't go to church. Uh, I go to church here and there, but you know, since the pandemic, you know. Yeah. yeah. But you, you, you can I got get, a lot of things, man. I ain't, I ain't always been sanctified or nothing like that. You know, I ain't, I've been through some things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, I'm saying you can get on your knees and talk to God yeah. and get that communion. Yeah, just to get it out. Something on my heart. Yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a pray about it. You know, we'll go pray about it. You know? And he takes care of you. Yeah, just take the ease off. You know what I mean? Then, you know, if it's that bad, I just separate myself out the whole situation. Does he talk back? You trying to say it like I'm crazy? No, no, no. I'm trying to say how do you, how do you hear him? I know you don't hear a voice like you're talking to me, but like now, that's how he talk back. You know what I mean? I'm here with you right now because it's like you, you. I mean, I mean, you're a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary. I'm sitting here in in your presence. You interviewing me uh, about my life. That's like God letting me know. That, you know what I mean? Everything gonna be all right. But you, know? you I mean, you've you've had an incredible life. <laughs> you tried to send me to counseling right there. No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. But I, I mean, like, I'm not in counseling, but you've mentioned your pain a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, it makes me wonder if you, just how much you think about going to talk to somebody. I think about it all the time. But if I sit down with that whoever, I don't want them to know me, nothing. I don't even want you to judge me. You know what I mean? I don't want no medication, no nothing, because I already have been through what I've been through. I just need to get it off. You know what I mean? Just just to talk to somebody. You know, I don't like they try to put me on medication when I was when I was growing up because I had problems or whatever. But I man, take that shit out, throw it away. Like, nah. Am I, and my foster mother, that's how she taught us. She was a very um, spiritual person, you know? And, uh, yeah. I got so many angels around me, man. It's just it's just crazy. I believe in it, you know? The angels. Yes. Saving you. Yes. Yes. When my foster mother passed away, and it probably, I don't know, people probably look at me crazy whatever, but nah, it's, <laughs> it means something to me. When my foster mother passed away, I was so hurt. I was so destroyed, like, and this before my brother Mike told me, come on up here to New York, because he seen I was broken. That was it. That was, like, the only person that really loved me. And I was, uh, I had stopped smoking weed, and that day I had smoked some weed at uh, um, her funeral. And she came and sat right on my bed. I had all the lights out and all that, and I was so high, because I had just started back smoking weed, and... (laughs) I was like, Ma, please, please, I'm scared of shit. I said it straight like that. And then she got up. And they said, if you scared, they won't never come back. And I'm mad as shit that um, I did that. Because I wanted, I want her to come, you know what I mean? Like, and I know she's still around, but they just don't probably make that self um, noticeable or nothing like that. Visible. I mean, they're not visible, but, you know, yeah. notice. So, you know. I don't know. You believe in things like that? You believe in spirits? I guess. I mean, I'm sure that there is some energy from the ancestors 
that is most a, definitely around. That, that is around. Yeah. Do they appear as ghosts who will, you know, like push the bullet out the way or push you out the way or yeah, open the door? Eh, I can't go that far. <laughs> right. But like, yeah, I can't go that far. But you know what I mean? Like, like I think about my father, <clears throat> who passed away a few years ago, and the memory of him remains in my mind mm. and it may not always be present but right. it's in there. It's, yeah, it's there so because i'm thinking of him and others are thinking of him he has some impact on me and the world yeah, yeah. is he you know pushing me out the way when the train is coming and i'm not looking like probably so well, i don't i don't know because you probably clumsy and you probably <laughs> <laughs> but he's but he's 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 in there now I feel what you somewhere said, yeah yeah you know he's so i mean like i don't see like ghosts but i see yeah. like there is an impact of the spirit of the p and uh, i mean like you know that the trauma of the people before us like generations yeah. ago is still in us yeah so, I mean, like, that's their ghost living inside of us. Right. We're still traumatized because we were enslaved, yeah. you know, generations and generations ago. We don't even know those people. Yeah. We still have, their, still have their, yeah. their their tension inside of yeah. us. So, I mean, like, that that is real. Yeah, I, still, I had got emotional when I was just uh, watching, well, I was ready to watch the Emmett Till. I turned it off. You know what I'm saying? Because I already watched, uh, what's that, um, the first joint that they did, uh, What's that? Mississippi burning. Uh-huh. I like stuff like that. I don't like it, but I like it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, I love yeah. our history. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I get mad every time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mississippi burning. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, things like that. But, you know, like, yeah, I, our ancestors do be calling out. Sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes it's right there in your face and you can't see it. You don't want to see it. And sometimes, you know what I mean? It's right there. You want to see it and you do something. You say something. I remember being in college and um, they said this recruiter was coming from the CIA. Mm-hmm. If you were interested in maybe going to the CIA, then you go to this meeting. And at the time I was like, you know what? That sounds really interesting. But as a black person, I gotta, I'm here because other people fought and died for me to be here. And I got to do something that helps black people more than just go be in the CIA. Now, somebody listening to this could be like, you could help black people a lot being in the CIA. And maybe I could, but I wasn't thinking about it like that. I was like, yo, I need to do something else. And maybe that's the ancestor speaking to me of like, you have another calling. It's not that. And, you know, uh, maybe I could have helped us being in the CIA, but I wanted to do something else. Yeah. And I was able to find this path because they were whispering in my ear like, yeah, no, no, not, not that, not yeah. that, not that. Go in the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're brilliant at what you do, you know, and they say more out you than just trying to be all in people business that way. They want you to do it this way. You imagine yeah. how he could have like shaped the world though. <laughs> Nah, y'all, nah, we ain't doing the COINTELPRO shit. Nah, man, we ain't flooding L.A. with fucking drugs. Let's flood, let's flood Rodeo Drive and Beverly Hills with cocaine. That makes more sense, y'all. It could have saved black people. I have a theory that deep down, most people are either scared, angry, or sad. Why you say that? 
because when you really ask people, they tend to say one of those three right. things. No, barely anybody is like, deep down, I'm like, yay, everything is great. Even if you're a billionaire, you're like, something, yeah. something, something's getting at you. So which is is one of those more than the others for you? Scared, angry, sad. Uh, nah. Um, I get. Uh, I don't. I try to take them type of emotions away because, like I said, I've been through a lot of trauma. So, um, I try to take the sadness away. You know, because I, I smile a lot, I laugh a lot. You know, and I try to overpower that with my smile, with my laughter. I try to put myself in positive vibes. If I don't, if me and you would have came, uh, start talking, I don't care if I've been knowing you for years. If we not vibing and I don't feel your energy, I'm out. All right, uh, nice seeing you again, brother. I'm going to see you later. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't even sit here that long. I don't like doing interviews, you know, because people like the misconstrued your, you know I mean, your words, you know. I'm not, I ain't going to say I got the most proud uh, vocabulary, you know what I'm saying, the most intelligent, but you want to understand. I'm going to try to my best to let you know what I'm trying to say, you know. And I try to just, I just try to take the sadness away. I've been sad um, most of my life, you know what I mean? Like, I'm tired of that shit, you know what I mean? So... You know, I just try to be around positive energy, positive vibes. It's hard because of the whole world is going through something right now because of, you know what I mean, the COVID and everything like that. And a lot of, uh, you know what I mean, uh, domestic violence, a lot of mental health, a lot of, a lot of everything is going on. You know what I mean? And, you know, people... Not even that. You could be you could be the nicest person in the world, but during this COVID, during this pandemic, it done turns you into an animal. Like people are like, what the fuck happened to you, man? I'm just afraid to pull my hair out because the world wasn't ready for what you know what I mean. But I was ready. I was a survivor. I was eating noodles and tuna fish for six and a half years. <laughs> Put that shit on some crackers, add some ice and some cheese. I'm good. Yeah, I got a whole meal. I mean, I'm a, I'm an introvert, so I didn't miss the, oh, we can't go to a party? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, no. We can't go <laughs> see people? Oh, no. Right. We're stuck in the house? Yeah, because oh, I had, no. I had uh, left um, New York. Well, I was in uh, VA with it for the pandemic. I was in VA shooting swagger. And when they shut down um, the basketball joint, I called my guard sister. I said, yeah, I'm coming to stay with y'all for a couple weeks or uh, days. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I'm coming with y'all. And she was like, come on, they live in Baltimore. Because I wasn't coming back up here to New York because where I was living at, as soon as you come out my condo joint, this hospital around the corner, and they had a a, a tracker trailer full of... um, Yo, we had the same thing. We had had two in Brooklyn, two trailers... Come on, man. It took, it, a, it took a minute for me register. to realize what they were doing. Yeah. And then they started to put, like, flowers around yeah. them. And I was like, why are they putting flowers? No, oh. we, we seen it, man. I was like, what the fuck is that? I ain't come back up here, man. I ain't really got no family up here like that. I'm going to die. I want to die. My family and friends home. Fuck that. 
<laughs> I know they would have shit my body back on, but nah. But oh I want to, oh you know what I'm saying? Oh like, because God. you ain't know what was going on. No, like, you no. see all these bodies in here. Like, the fuck is going on? I'm out of here. I think that you're super profound. <laughs> I think you're incredibly special person. And the way that you express yourself is very... Deep. You talk about your vocabulary. You're very freaking deep. So don't. I don't. I don't want to hear it about. It. I don't want to do an interview like you. Freaking get it in. Yeah. Last thing. What is your superpower? What is the thing that you do better than other people that has led to the success that you've had? Uh, go back to God. I manifest. I ask Him. And he deliver. I think. I think that's my. And I, I just like my presence, period, is just powerful. You know, like I walk in a room, I don't care if Jay-Z in there, I love you, brother. But, you know, they say, Jay-Z, ah. And then they'll be like, oh, shit, look at Snoop Lewis. Ah, and give me a hug or something like that. You know, like it's just, I mean, it's just powerful, you know? Like um, I, I keep saying before Remy and Pat, uh, kept saying that child, the golden child. I've been saying I'm the golden child. I am. That was always my motto. You know what I mean? The golden child because I just, I, I've been a loner. I, could, I think I, I could say that like, I was a loner all my life for real. I, the reason why I say that is because I'm a foster child, you know? So it's like my foster mother and father Mama and Pop, they was older. Like, once I realized that I could run over top of them, I did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just me. You know what I mean? And, you know, um, my superpowers. Let me go back to that. My superpowers. Um, you know, I just light up a room. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the golden child. God loves me. Thanks so much to Snoop for a great interview and thanks to you for listening. Toray Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Toray and on Instagram at Toray Show. Toray Show is written by me, Toray, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editors, Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington and Nick Carp. Our booker is Claudia Jean, and we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door Thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. 
My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.